Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello, welcome to this week's Driven Chat Podcast. I notice a distinct lack of people hashtagging brew up and tune in or whatever we said last week. Nonetheless, we will persevere. We hope you've had a lovely week, albeit it may only be a few minutes old if you are joining us first thing on a Monday morning when this show is available. Let's hope those few minutes have been glorious and resplendent. If you're joining us late in the week, hope everything's going all right. I can bring some sunshine into your life very simply by introducing my colleagues, my friends, the people that are sat remotely yet alongside me via the power of a video conference, the wonderful Monsieur Lacar himself. <laughs> it is John Marcar. How are you doing, John? I'm well, thank you, Andy. How are you? How's, uh, how's life? Yeah. And the other thing I can say is we have a really true ray of sunshine for you right now, the smallest member of the Goldie Looking crew. It is the sensational Amy Shaw. How are you doing, Amy? Hello, Mr. Andy J. I am very, very well, thank you. How is this lockdown 3.0 treating you? Isn't it, though? Now, our guest this week is really interesting. I am very, very pleased to be able to say that we have managed to convince a very dear friend of mine, um, who also happens to be off the telly, which is always very nice, um, onto the show. And... What is great is that, I mean, you know already because it's in the blurb, it's Nikki Shields. Okay, now Nikki is really lovely because Nikki has had a journey through cars that have something that we don't often go on about much on the Driven Chat podcast. And it's not by choice, it just sort of happens to be the case, which is we don't tend to do too much nattering about all things electric, which of course happens to be Nikki's speciality. 
and as you can imagine, John was thrilled about this because he does love the, the whir of a good electric engine, don't you, John? Well, I do, in all honesty, yes. I, electric cars do excite me. I am, I'm, I'm pleased that they're a thing. I don't yet have much of an impulse to own one, but as a thing, you know, it's very welcome to the car world. It's just maybe not quite ready for me yet. Or am I not ready for it? I don't know. <laughs> that was very James May, John. That felt quite James May. <laughs> sort of... Very safe. Well, I think a lot of people, I think I, I hear this a lot because I get, I, I get a lot of people that will say to me, oh, yeah, but it's electric. And I'm like, I think people expect me to not like electric cars for some reason. But it's still a car. Like years ago when I was, I can't remember who I was working for, but we, had, we were given a Tesla for a couple of weeks. It was the most exciting couple of weeks I had that year because it was like such a fun, fast, different, exciting thing. It didn't make me want to go out and buy one. But if in, you know, 10 years or whatever, I have the means to do so, and it's a requirement for me to own an electric car, I will definitely look favorably at a Tesla and whatever else is fast and exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, save the oil for the for the old racing cars. That's, that's what I say. Mm -hmm. Well, in the last few days, um, I must say some something electric and rather tasty has come to our awareness. When I say ours, I mean everybody, obviously. <laughs> I can't avoid it. It was a big unveiling. Uh, what was it? Tuesday, Wednesday last week? The Audi e-tron. Mm. Is it the Audi e-tron GT or something, isn't it? It so looks yes. It tasty. looks very lovely. Yeah, it's the e-tron, and I think there's a few. So there's a few different models or, or your model names that are coming with the e-tron. So there's the the GT um, and the RS. I think is the very very fast one. So and that of course follows suit from Audi's RS brand. So you've had the RS4 and the RS6 and the RS3, um, which is their their kind of M BMW M equivalent or AMG Mercedes equivalent. Uh, so yeah, now they've carried that across to their electric cars as well, which can only mean one thing and it's all very exciting and it looks like it's doing I think it's half a second slower than the Tesla sorry I'm lying it's half a second slower than the Taycan which of course is the electric car that everyone's been talking about up until now so half a second slower to not to 60 I should say so it's still an impeccably fast car um, it, I mean it does look a lot like a how do you say it Amy you borrowed one for a while it's, you're not supposed to call it a Taycan are you it's like a tie car the, or something. The... you're supposed to so it's not quite say it properly. It's supposed to get lost in your throat, isn't it? It's a Porsche. It's a hard. <laughs> the Porsche, then you sneeze and you're about right. Ah. Something like right, that. Okay, mm -hmm. good. The Porsche sneeze. So, it, but it, I mean, it, it does look like that with a slightly different face, doesn't it? I mean, is that just my eyes? It no, I really get it. does I think look it's like a, it. Is it the bonnet? Something about the bonnet looking at it? I'm not entirely sure. The rear end? I think it's similar. the rear arches. The, the kind of, the, the rear doors go into the very haunched rear arches, mm -hmm. which I don't know if that is just a styling cue or if it's something to do with the layout of batteries or things like that. But it's a good looking car. It's very I think, car. you know, if it does look a bit like the Taycan, Taycan, Sneeze Can, whatever we call it, um, I don't think that's any bad thing. But it is a good looking thing. I think the interior, the interior photos are fantastic. It looks like yeah, agreed. a car that you would expect to see. I think so many car manufacturers at the moment are trying to do these flat touchscreen panels. They look like iPads, which, you know, it might look very pretty, but the practicality, once you've ever used one, mm. you get fingerprints all over them. But also, the for me, I don't know if this is a problem that other people have experienced as well, but I like to be able to not have to look at the centre console whilst I'm pressing my buttons. I like to have a rough very idea where the buttons are. Drive. You yeah. put your hand yeah. over, you, you kind of touch memory, you can feel which button does what, to have to physically take your eyes off the road to look down just to turn down the air conditioning or mm -hmm. change the radio station. I, I do think that's that's a bit annoying. And it looks it like the Audi yeah, has actual buttons, which is um, 
which is good. Not many, but it has got actual buttons. <laughs> has got some. <laughs> but that's, that's one thing you can always say about an Audi, though, isn't it? They do interiors very, very well. They have, yeah. Always been very good at a nice, uh, a nice ergonomic aesthetic environment. You know what? I don't actually think I've ever driven an Audi. Ever? Ever. Now really? I can think about it. Yeah, you're talking about the interior. I don't think I've ever actually sat inside the driver's seat, or, you know, inside an Audi in the driver's seat. Blimey. I know. There we are. Wow. So I have to go from what you guys are saying about the interiors. Are they usually very good? Buttons and all. Yeah, they're just lovely, lovely places to be. Everything makes sense. It's it's very German. It's probably the best. The most <laughs> it, it, it feels properly made with a with a nice degree of premium mm. to me. That's what I, yeah. that's nice. what I think. That's fair. Audio that's a great process. tagline. Nicely made. A with nice degree of premium. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, look, I like I like the look of the Audi e-tron, and I just sort of wanted to bring that up so people know that we are actually recording these on a regular, regular <laughs> updating basis. It's not just like we're sitting down every now and again and bashing a load out. We just wanted you to know these are weekly things, and we're doing our best to keep on going as as kind of updating as possible. Now, one of the things that we talk to Nikki Shields about, and we talk a lot to Nikki actually she's really really good company anyway one of the things that comes up is that she hosted the GQ car of the year award something she does a lot she's done it for several years and what was fun is you'll hear this later this is a spoiler for what's to come we asked her who won what and John can you remember what her answer was <laughs> she kind of had a, a, a slight hesitation before saying I can't remember, despite it being the, the night before we recorded this recording. She presented the GQ Awards, but yeah, completely forgot. It's, but, but to be fair, in her defence, it's because it was a pre-recorded thing. It wasn't live yeah. the night before. Otherwise, of course, she'd remember. <laughs> but nonetheless, for that very reason, I wanted us to have a look at some of the winners because actually that led me to then go and look up what it was that she couldn't remember. And first and foremost, I was thrilled to bits for my old friend Ian Callum because he won GQ's Car Designer of the Year, which I think is terrific because, you know, after such a legacy at Jaguar, he then didn't go into retirement or anything like that. He set up Callum Designs, and of course, they've been making the headlines for that beautiful Aston that he redesigned, actually. But they also made that incredible Dakar car, which they did in conjunction with ProDrive. And I was really lucky when we were recording Three Men, Four Wheels and we did the Scooby episode... The, the machine was being finished and we had a little, just a little sneak peek and mm. it looked really cool then and then it was unveiled to the world and it looks awesome. It does. It looks, right. It's an incredible looking thing. Yeah, the mm. BRX Hunter Dakar rally car. Yeah, that's, um, we need more cars on the road to look like that. <laughs> Doesn't it look cool though? Mm. I mean, you would want to, I get that it's, you know, Dakar ready, but how cool would you be well, doing I mean, the school run in that? I mean, <laughs> you'd be able to use the Back to the Future line, you know, where we're going, we don't need no roads with that. The <laughs> school true. run would be a lot shorter. <laughs> I'm amazed you even know what Back to the Future is. It's like an 80s film. <laughs> I'm delighted. Uh, so, Amy, what else was was a kind of standout winner? We don't have to go through all the winners, but like, pick a few of the of the big wins for the GQ Car Awards. Oh well, what what have we got? So, in front of me now, we've got the Super Sports Car of the Year was the Maserati MC20. Is that the MC20? MC20. MC20, I think. Yeah, it's Which a good looking thing. Very, very pretty. Very. It reminds me of the. Maybe I'm just not right here. The Jaguar in the Bond film, the one, the orange one, oh, the, the concept. CX-75. You've got it, Mr. Andy J. Love that car. Yes. It reminds me a bit of that. Maybe that's completely wrong of me. And no, no, no. It's, it's actually not too far off. It's it's a good continuation from the Gran Turismo, which has been a really popular car for mm. years and years and years. One of the best sounding OEM cars ever. 
cool. Uh, yeah, pretty. So John, appro- John approves of that. John does approve. Um, the I mean, driven chat verdict is. <laughs> <laughs> well, going on from my Back to the Future uh, mark, there's the Icon Award was won by the DeLorean at DMC12. So, um, yeah, that's a very... That's cool. That is cool. But then my favourite, I think, of all of the awards, because it has my name in it, is uh, the micro car of the year is the Citroen Amy, or Army. I don't really know, A-M-I. So I'm going to go with the Citroen Amy, because it's super cute, and I'm like, that would definitely suit me. For It's a very French thing, isn't it, to come up with <laughs> girls' names for cars? Yeah, the Zoe, was the, that the, who's... Renault Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Zara, the, Zara, the, the Peugeot Peugeo Estelle. Oh. Estelle, what a lovely name. That is lovely. It wasn't, it wasn't I'm making it up. I was trying to vision a Peugeot Estelle. And let's not forget the fabled Google Alexa. Yeah, no, come on. <laughs> but no, there were some really lovely, I mean, I mean they've the won awards for reasons. So um, no, great, great views. And I mean, the old school rally car of the year, of course. I don't know how, yeah, so old school rally car of the year was the Audi Sport Quattro S1, which is, without any doubt in the world, the most iconic rally car ever made. Why is that won an award now? Like, that should just, that should just be a categoric, every year it wins, because there's nothing's ever going to beat Because of goodwill, John. It's won an award now for, for goodwill purposes. <laughs> Nothing is ever going to People gonna are going to go, it. yes, of course, that's amazing. <laughs> Let's see what else is won. You know, that's you put up a still of that car, there is an army of fans that go, ooh, they click the link and then they look at the other. That's, that's yeah, a cynical true. win. That, yeah. that is a pull the crowd win. Yeah, nothing. And rightly so, it's, it's a hell of a car. It's flipping brilliant. Nothing is ever going to be cooler than an Audi S1 Quattro. Ever. No. Especially in the world of rallying. Talk to me about the electric car thing, uh, little electric car thing, because I seem to remember it was uh, not your Amy, but the there was a an award, design award or something that I wasn't too pleased about. The Of the electric car? The, yes. Oh, yes. The EV of the year was the BMW iX, which I think looks a little bit like a beaver squinting. Yeah, I don't... A squinting beaver. <laughs> I... I'm puzzled because I have no doubt in my mind that it's going to be a good little a good little electric car, but I don't know if you're familiar, Andy, with the design of this car. It is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's not. It's got nothing on looks, has it? Oh but then, my! I mean, we goodness. were sort of saying this about what are BMW doing to the faces right now. I just don't get the BMW start. Like we said the other week about what's going on with their PR department. What's happened to their design? Yeah. What are they doing, John? It, it, do you know, it's funny. I, I'm not too appalled by the big grills on the M4, uh, the new M4, the new M3. I, I can kind of live with it. Once, when you see it in, in the flesh, in the metal, it does kind of make sense. It doesn't photograph well, I will give you that. But it's kind of in proportion with the rest of the car. If you look at the front end of the car, the big grills do kind of fit in. But in the photos, I admit, when I first saw them, I was like, oh, God. But this iX thing, the grills are so big and the car is so small. It looks like it looks like something somebody has made for a joke. All the proportions are really weird. The side windows are enormous and the doors look really short. Um, the rear arches is just kind of like haunched, but I don't know why. It doesn't really make any sense. I, I cannot work out any of the design cues on this car at all. And I know that I'm not alone in that, uh, in that thought train because... I just I, I can't imagine anyone anyone walking into a BMW dealer and going, "Oh, that's pretty. I'll buy that one, please." Like it's just horrific. 
It's horrible. I'm sensing I'm sensing a video coming along. <laughs> Amy in a Citroen Amy and John spending three months in a BMW yuck. I mean I'll, I'll take a yuck, please. It's bizarre, isn't it? Because you know it's gonna be good. It's like the Cullinan, the, the Rolls-Royce Cullinan. You know that's gonna be a good car, but my god, I could never drive one. I could oh, no way. Not without a paper bag over my head or oh, it's just bizarre. But yeah. I mean, the, the, isn't that what isn't that what Chris Harris actually he did? did? Yeah, he, he did. Bag on his yeah, head. and Rolls Royce were livid. <laughs> they genuinely now were. there's a surprise. Yeah, no, but I mean, come on, it's just. I mean, clearly there's got to be some some sort of design boarding committee that it goes through, and and at no point did anyone go, oh, it is actually a bit horrible, isn't it? This it's. Yeah, I, I urge you now, if you if you have if you're able to do so, obviously not if you're driving along, but if you're at home and you're you have a phone in your hand or an iPad or something nearby where you can just Google image, just search the BMW iX. Have a look at the back of it. It's so ugly. The lights are enormous. The rear screen's massive, but it's not massive because it's kind of cut out the actual bit that you look through. It's got weird blue accents all over. It's bizarre. It's like a team of ten year olds have designed a car and it's somehow gone through to production. It's bizarre. Rubbish. There's a lot of I strong was, words. I always like it when it's always good when John Markar holds back. That's a, that's a <laughs> uh, so, happy days. So look, that's that's the point. Is we wanted to kind of share some of the uh, the, the decisions from the GQ Car Awards. Now, clearly, um, team driven chat don't necessarily agree with all of them. Um, however, you two, uh, just one other quick thing before we jump into Nikki, you two are television stars this week as well, aren't you? We've, uh, well, last week, actually, we popped a new video up. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> so I was so bemused. I was like, I'm on the television. Yes, we are. Yes. Yes, we have finally released our lovely Land Rover Defender 110 feature film, which we filmed back in the beginning of December. Um, okay. It, I can't work out if it feels like a long time ago or if it feels like it was last week because of it just being isolated at home. It's been very dull. But yes, the uh, the video is now out. You can watch it. It's on our YouTube channel. It uh, features myself driving the Defender and Amy in Mildred, mm -hmm. your early 2000s yep. Defender 110. That's it. And yeah, we, we kind of set out to ask the question of uh, is it worthy of the Defender name and uh, is it good and of course we kind of knew it was going to be a good car but this has got to be one of the most controversial cars of its time and I think the only real comparison I can think of is the launch of the new Mini, the BMW Mini, mm. uh, because when that came out of course all the classic Mini owners were like it's not a real Mini, that's not good enough, it's too big and it's made in Germany and blah blah blah, it's not, it's made in Oxford. But, um, <laughs> You know, it, it 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 triggered the same sort of response as soon as the car was launched as a concept, and then as a here it is, the final product. The the internet went mad, uh, but uh, hey, surprise, surprise, it's a great car and it works. It's it's wonderful, and you can see my thoughts on the car on our YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, but the jury, I guess, is still out because there are a lot of people. It's interesting reading the comments. There's a lot of people that are saying, "Cool, I get that it's a good car, but couldn't have they." Couldn't they have called it something else? Does it have to be a Defender? And that argument, I do understand. I do. I think if Land Rover came out and called it something completely new, a new name or new range, people would have loved it straight away and gone, wow, there's an amazing car that has design quirks of the old Defender. But because it is the new Defender, I think that's, that's going to make it a controversial talking point for many, many years. What would you have called it, John? I don't know. Um, 
something. I go, oh gosh, put me on the spot there. <laughs> I don't know. It could be called anything. It could be, you know, the Land Rover John. Defense. You could call it the Land Rover Defense, or something. <laughs> you know, something that sounds a little bit like Defender. You can see because again, the design cues. You can't deny there are lots of design cues that come from the old original Defender. Um, but yeah, it could be called anything. It could be called the Land Rover Tangerine. But it's just that, yeah, the title is what's what's making it controversial. And that's it. Um, a lot of people, again, saying, why don't they just call it the New Discovery? Uh, and again, you can kind of go, yeah, that's a fair comment. That is a fair comment. But it's a good car. I was very impressed by it. I liked it a lot. And I can see why it's won a lot of awards. I think it won Top Gear's Car of the Year for 2020 and you can just you can see why it's great so yeah go and have a watch see what you think it was a completely unbiased opinion um i didn't know whether i was going to like it or hate it if anything you showed it to the shoot thinking that you were going to absolutely hate it you were like i don't know why we've got this initially and then yeah. it was interesting watching your mind kind of i'm not going to give away the ending but the thought <laughs> process yeah 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 no I, I went into it as a skeptic and yeah you'll 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 have to tune in and see how it all pans out good stuff Good stuff. I think it's fair to say, having spoken to John reasonably extensively over the last few months, the car has definitely stayed with him, which is uh, a very telling point. <laughs> However, shall we shall we get our guest in? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Um, Nikki Shields. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Okay, hey, I'm so pleased to welcome our next guest to the Driven Chat podcast. This is going to be a fun one. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to describe her as the Alan Carr of the motorsport community, okay? She's masses of fun. Everyone knows her and she's been everywhere. How's that? It's the one and only Nikki Shields. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to take that, but I'm just going to take it as a compliment. <laughs> it's, it's only um, a compliment. Alan Carr's oh. awesome. Yeah, he, that is true. He is awesome. Um, I'm really well, thank you. Very happy to be here, to be catching up and chatting. And I want to hear all your news as well. Well, the audience don't, thankfully. So we'll focus on you, which is a good thing, <laughs> which, is, which is much more important. And what I mean by the Alan thing, by the way, Nikki, because I was thinking about this as I was kind of getting ready to turn the microphone on and everything. I was like, how do I introduce? Because Nikki and I are old friends. We go back about 3,000 years <laughs> and we've known each other forever. and done all kinds of stuff together and what I think a lot of people don't know about Nikki because I know the public know you from myriad of shows from Formula E through to Fully Charged and Electrifying.com and loads of stuff so what the audience don't know is that you have an absolutely filthy sense of humour which is glorious <laughs> I thought you were going to reveal my like you know darkest deepest secrets there but that's just between <laughs> you and me yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> No, you're all good. You're, we're safe. But I did say, when, like John Markar said to me, John's here, by the way, hello. in case he hasn't said hello yet. I've not said John well, Markar, he said to me, he said to me, Hi so, again, John. Hello again, Nikki. <laughs> he was like, so, so what, what are we going to talk to Nikki about? I was like, well, basically, she's the anecdotes queen. There's no one she hasn't met. There's no one she hasn't hung out with. And there's no one she hasn't farted in front of. So we're safe. I'm. You know how much pressure I'm feeling right now? A, I'm just not going to be funny now for the next half hour. And B, I'm going to forget anyone I've met. And I expect anyone who asks me, I'll go, oh, no, I haven't actually met them. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you well, feel look, any better, the... Nikki, I mean, but... mo motorsport anecdotes and you know, celebrity meetings aside, I mentioned to my girlfriend that I was having a podcast with you uh, this morning as she said, oh, Nikki Shields, um, oh, from Escape to the Country. And I was like, oh. I mean... Yes, wow. but I that, that was—I think that was a while ago. But but yes, and it was so she's completely detached from the motorsport world, 
But um, you, <laughs> you are Nikki Shields of Escape to the Country. So I think that's, I might title the podcast with that. Nikki Shields from Escape well, to the Country. I loved, I loved doing that show. It was absolutely brilliant. And it was the first sort of TV show I did on a proper broadcast channel. Yeah. I think everything else I'd done up until that point was on some sort of various digital channel that wasn't watched by anybody. Um, so it was, I loved doing it. But yes, that was quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, and very different to what I'm doing now. That's yeah, cool. indeed, indeed. Well, well, look, let's talk about, let, let's get started because it's a car pod, so we should probably do some car-based stuff, shouldn't we? I want to I start off, um, Nikki, by basically talking about electrification, because you have been a proper advocate, poster girl for, you know, full-on, banner-waving, flag-flying, legend and lover of the electric motorised vehicle. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I am, and you're going to now tell me how good that is, right? <laughs> well, no, which is which is a great thing, heads. actually. No, no, no. You know, no, you no, know no. that. I, I, um, you know, I love it. I know, I am. It's um, it's funny because I I uh, I come from a. Uh, well, I think it was my great great grandfather was a massive petrol head. My grandfather, my father, um, everyone in my uh, family are massively into their sort of motorsport and uh, petrol cars. And that's how obviously I fell in love with the world of motor racing. You know, growing up, the weekend was all about watching the Formula One or going to a racetrack nearby. We went to Brands Hatch quite a lot when I was a child. So that's how I kind of got the bug for it, which I'm really thankful for because. Um, it has led me into this new world of electrification. Um, my background is in sort of sciences. I did biological sciences at university, spent a lot of time um, doing studies around the environment and sustainability. So it's, it was just one of those things that, you know, when the stars align and it was just all about the timing that I happened to be doing a series on sustainability, but I also happened to be working at Goodwood because I just loved, um, it was a Goodwood members meeting. I loved the kind of, you know, the roar of the engines and, and wanted to do a bit of broadcasting in that space as well. And then the two worlds kind of collided and Formula E came about and it just seemed the right time to try and work in this space. And then, you know, it's just absolutely um, exploded since then and I finally I am so happy to say that now there is actually a great selection of electric cars available because even if we'd done this interview last year it was yeah it was tricky it mm. was tricky <laughs> but things are changing very quickly 
Yeah, but I, but the thing I like as well, Nikki, is that you do practice what you preach. You know, there are quite a few people who have jumped on the EV gravy train or, you know, say that they're vegans or whatever when they go and have a sneaky burger at home and they, you know, get on their <laughs> motorbike and, and race home. Whereas Look, you, on the other hand... There's nothing I'm, wrong with that, okay? We what, may the sneaky burger? On occasion. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you have lived and breathed it. I mean, you, you drive. Uh, you had an i8, didn't you, for quite a while? Yeah. That was be a beautiful car. Cute yes. little thing. That was when I was that was when I was cool and didn't have a child <laughs> and I didn't have to worry about things like how am I gonna get a blinking car seat in the back. Yeah, the I8 was absolutely gorgeous. And uh, you know, it was kind of it was pretty state of the art at the time. It was it was um yeah, pretty groundbreaking when it first came out and it had its kind of scissor doors, which looked absolutely awesome and it was hybrid so it did about 30 miles on pure EV only um, but now I have a very sensible plug-in hybrid X5 and a fully electric i3 great <laughs> so um, and I've got to say uh, given the fact that obviously I do get to test drive a lot of cars I just keep defaulting back to the i3 and the mm. X5 because well the i3 it's sort of it's tiny it's compact but you still feel like, well, I feel like I'm queen of the road because you can kind of just nip around in between all the traffic um, because it does have that instant acceleration and instant torque. It is very quick from naught to 30 miles an hour. <laughs> uh, so that is perfect for where I live. Because <laughs> let's be honest, even 30 miles an hour, you're breaking the speed limit because where I live, it's pretty yeah. much all 20 miles yeah. per hour now, yeah. which yeah. drives me insane. Um, but that's an, another story altogether. <laughs> um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love them at the moment. <laughs> I must but say, I'm I just, sure. uh, I have to interject for a second, Nikki, because it's reminded me of a moment. I, I've no idea if you will remember this or not, but we were both working at Goodwood. I uh -oh. think it was, no, it wasn't Goodwood. <laughs> it was Silverstone. It was the Silverstone Classic. Oh, and I was, yes. I was hosting of a Channel 4 or something, and you were, you were there for someone else, you know, we were, but we were basically staying in the same compound, right? And so I had an F-Type Jag at the time, and you, I think, had the i8. And there were some back roads to where we were staying uh, from the racetrack, there are some back roads that aren't roads. So in other words, they're tracks. So you can go fast if you know the little route. And well, basically, Nikki challenged me to a race and you can pedal. My goodness. I was like, yeah, no worries. No worries. Because my, you know, my car was quite nippy. And I, you know, but you are a quick, very quick driver. <laughs> I remember that really well. I had forgotten about it, but thank you for reminding me. But I do remember your car sounded a lot better than mine. <laughs> and I remember when the following morning from, because obviously we all stayed in the same um, sort of hotel, I could hear you when you went out to your car and drove off. I was like, oh, that's Andy going to work then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to, it had a noisy button for the pipes. And so, you know, you oh, got okay. to. <laughs> Inconel and titanium. At 6 a.m. Yep. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wake them all up if I've got to go to work early. So are they. <laughs> well, yeah, basically that was that was the route. But no, I mean, it certainly alerted me then to just kind of how quick these things, because your acceleration off the line, I remember, was like blistering. I was like, holy cow. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm going to struggle to keep up. Um, but that, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But like you, I love the i3. I've only had a little drive in it, but I think it's really cool. I love the little back doors as well. They're so sort of cute and dinky and clever. Yeah. The, you know? the little, um, the, they're kind of the suicide doors, if you haven't seen them. The back doors open the opposite way. Um, but it's actually, I'm going to say, perfect for putting a child in the back. Nice and easy access and great for your handbag too. There you go. <laughs> and I know you have a big handbag, Andy. I always have a massive handbag. I mean, it's important, you know, otherwise, where does all your stuff go? 
So, Nikki, exactly. I'm guessing with your... It's not a man bag, though. <laughs> I'm guessing, at the moment, you're driving quite a lot of electric cars, and I can't help but notice you've defaulted from BMW i8, then onto i3, and then also the X5. What is it about BMW that's, that's drawing you in? It's funny, isn't it? So, again, it's a, it's, it is that nostalgia, I think. So, my dad, my brother... They're BMW people. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad has an M3. My brother has an M3. They haven't quite converted to the electrified side yet, but I'm working on that. <laughs> um, so they have always had BMWs. And every time, and now I can see that I'm doing exactly the same thing as my dad. Every time he goes to buy a new car, he goes, oh, I'm going to get something different this time. Yeah, I've had BMWs for so long. Oh, I'm going to get something different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think. Oh, what do I fancy? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a Land Rover. Oh, I'm gonna go for a Merc. Oh, I'm gonna go for a Porsche. Whatever. And every time he always defaults to getting a BMW. <laughs> and I can see I'm doing exactly the same thing. I was thinking the other day. I was like, oh, I really need to change it up. Oh, let's have a look at what you know the other options are. And then I just get back in my car and go. No, actually, I'm quite comfortable with this. I'm very happy with where I am right now. Um, but uh, And I do obviously get the opportunity to drive a lot of other cars. So um, I And I get sort of slightly long-term loans as well. So, you know, you're not just there driving them for a day or so. You mm. get to properly live with them, which is brilliant. So, uh, But I do keep defaulting <laughs> back to the old Beamers. It's like a familiar pair of jeans, creature isn't of, it? Creature you, of habit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very much the same. I, I, I am quite... It's, it's publicly known that I'm quite passionate about the BMW and the BMW M brand as well. So I probably get on with your dad and your brother fairly well because I, I can't yeah. help but just, <laughs> just find myself. Every, oh. uh, free, I frequently have a go in other people's, you know, AMG, Mercedes and things like that. And it, that, I, you can never fault to be impressed by them. But there's something about getting back into an M car and you're just like, oh, it just makes so much sense. It's just it's just such a good thing. It really is. Well, um, speaking of uh, Beamers then, um, John, if you do know, or in fact anyone listening, <laughs> if you do know of anyone that is selling um, a sort of M3 performance pack mm-hmm. around the 30 grand <laughs> price mark, do let me know. Uh, unfortunately, my brother just bought one and crashed it and it's been written oh, off and he is yeah. heartbroken. Oh, no. He spent about two years two years looking for it. Um, he's probably going to be highly embarrassed that I've mentioned this because um, he hasn't really told that many people. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> but uh, he does, he does um, confirm, and, no, he's actually his girlfriend who was in the car at the time confirmed that he was driving sensibly, but unfortunately hit a bit of ice uh, uh, at a roundabout. So there right. you go. So let's find, <laughs> let's find Nicky Shields' brother, a new will, M3, the, a replacement M3. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, John? You're you're the you're the master in this. Thirty k for a new M3 doesn't sound that achievable unless it's got very high mileage. Well, I'm but guessing. What do you think? I'm guessing. Uh, not not brand new. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> we're kind of looking at. Uh, I'm trying to think what the shape. And it has to have the performance pack. Performance pack essential. Okay. Any particular color? Any colors to avoid? Um, it was in a very very sort of. It, I, I would say midnight blue, but that's probably not the official color. Okay. But I don't think he's bothered about colours. Right, fine. <laughs> Leave it with me. I'll find one. I've got a good network. Thanks, John. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, you have asked the man I would go to, Nikki, if I was doing the exact, that purchase. I wouldn't Honestly, phone anyone except you. John. <laughs> I reckon in exchange I will get a lot of free babysitting for this. So, John, I will owe you <laughs> <good time laughs> if I can find him a new car. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> That would be, be absolutely amazing. Now, Nikki, I think we should... Um, there's two key things that I want to chat about with you, if that's all right. Obviously, Formula E and 
assorted other motorsports because you've been in around. You don't just do Formula E. You've done all kinds of stuff with the FIA. And, of course, your your new venture with uh, with Wookie, the electrifying.com. Yeah. I know, we're, I, I, yeah. I know we've had a quick touch on M-Cars, so I feel like we've done a bit about petrol engines, John, so we're, we're safe. We can, go, we can go back to EVs <laughs> yeah, for a few fine, minutes, right? Don't, don't, switch, don't switch off yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you my favourite car at the end of the show, and I promise you it's petrol. <laughs> yeah, so electrifying.com, really, really exciting. It's basically a digital platform for everything you need to know on electric cars and hybrid cars as well. Um, as I'm sure you know, uh, and all your listeners know, that we are unfortunately heading to, well, it, it's fortunately and unfortunately, it, the time has come where obviously transport, unfortunately, uh, contributes, I think it's something like it's over 40% of the greenhouse gases to our environment. So obviously we need to do something about climate change. The government have introduced a ban on new registration so new petrol and diesel cars from 2035 and also a a ban on new hybrid cars from 2035 so basically uh, if you want to buy a new car you're going to have to buy electric in nine years time so we are here to kind of clear the air and to help explain um, exactly what you need to know because it can be a little bit confusing it is a little bit complicated but it's once you actually understand it's very simple Um, you know it's things like what kind of charging uh, charging um, points that you're going to need to use, how fast your car can charge, what the range is going to do, and all these like tiny little nuances that actually, once, once you understand the basics, it makes complete sense. But having that knowledge up front is going to be invaluable when making those purchasing decisions. And you guys are really so, good yeah, at explaining it. I've, I've spent a bit of time on the website, and my only feedback that's negative, Nikki, is there's not enough you you know, there's, you're, you're there, but you're not there enough, in my view. Oh, well, and if you go to our YouTube page, uh, you will find plenty of videos. <laughs> 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 so we, we have this sort of digital, like the website, the digital platform apparently is what we call it now, but it's basically a website. Um, and it's really easy. There's a, there's a brilliant um, tool that you can use. You know, it's a bit like... I like going on to sort of right move and, you know, you put in your, your price category of what you can afford, where you want to live and how many bedrooms. Well, you can do the same now with the car, with the electric cars. You can put in the sort of range that you want your car to be able to achieve, say plug in 200 miles. Then you can put in a price point um, and it will bring up all the different EVs that are available on the market at the moment with our written reviews. And then there'll be a link to actually watch the, um, the video, uh, which will be on YouTube so uh yeah hopefully it's a really useful tool and it's also just got things that you know explain how to use an ev like you know really simple things like i was talking to someone about it the other day they're like oh there are so many different charge points and cables that you need and i was like well there aren't really there are, there are basically three um mm. and it's a little bit like you know i have two phones i have my iphone and i have my google pixel they have two different cables i wouldn't try and get my google pixel charging cable and put it in my iphone Mm -hmm. and get frustrated because i know that that is not going to work um and it's very simple you know there really are only a couple of options available but once you know um how to approach it then yeah it's nice and simple i find your two phones thing very confusing nikki i know that one of them is Uh drug dealing but i I never quite know which one to text because it's like well okay (laughs) well it depends if it's a saturday night or a friday night andy isn't it Depends how my my stash levels going exactly. It's <laughs> oh yeah, no, but you can't you can't hear her coming though. That's the trouble, you know. You don't know where to wait on the road. She's in an electric car. Got to wave you down. 
So <laughs> this is a joke, by the way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone really believes you're a drug dealer, Nikki. What a cover that would be. Well, you, come on, headlines. I mean, people love a headline. <laughs> I mean, actually, if you think about it, right, you travel around the world with camera crews all the time. You're in the public eye. You'd be a brilliant drug dealer. I mean, Mr. Nice managed it, didn't he? So I actually did. I went travelling in South America once and became a... No, I didn't. Uh, I did go <laughs> travelling in South America once. And I flew from... I then went and uh, actually met my boyfriend at the time in the Bahamas. So I basically went from, I think it was uh, Brazil, Argentina, Ecuador, Panama, Colombia... Back to Panama, and then I flew from Panama to the Bahamas, and then back to Panama to then get back to London. And I got it through customs. They were like, follow me, miss. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I had to sit in a room, terrified. I, was, I must have been about 20, 21, maybe. And I just thought, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. They're going to, like, they're going to examine me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They think I'm, like, stashing, you know, things everywhere. I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. Sat there for about half an hour, terrified. Um, and they asked me a few very basic questions and let me go. Phew. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's note lucky. to self, if you are going to the Bahamas, don't fly through Panama or Colombia. <laughs> yeah. And crucially, don't go back and forth. I think that's the that's the crucial bit, isn't it? It's no. The, it's the back yes, and forth bit. that's a very good point. That's where the, yeah. the little lights start it's flashing. I have my return flight. <laughs> yeah, I have my return flight. But, Nikki, let's go back to the electric cars thing because I think it's fantastic. You know, I, I've, I've always said publicly that I'm a big fan of electric cars. I'm, I'm certainly not one of these people that is a an obsessed petrol consumer that then grumbles about the electrification of cars because ultimately the way I look at things is I want the exciting classic cars and racing cars and and fun cars to always exist yeah. and I think it's kind of sacrilegious that the white goods cars you know your Vauxhall Zafiras and Vauxhall Mockers are taking petrol and oil and things that could be used on cars that deserve them you know those are the cars that I think should be converted or, or not converted but you know replaced with electric cars I know that there's a lot of concern, and I've experienced this both firsthand, um, Andy's experienced this very recently with a press car that he had from Jaguar. Um, I've had friends that have bought electric cars and then within a year or two have actually switched back to petrol because so many people just think that the infrastructure isn't quite there yet. And I'm, think, I'm talking in the terms of real world usage. I think if you're, yeah. if you're somebody that's got a house with a driveway and an external plug, that's great. If, like me, you live in an apartment in a remote village in the West Midlands um, with underground parking, the underground parking is fantastic, but I've got nowhere to plug a car in, and neither has the 35 other apartments in this complex, as well as all the others in the same village. For a lot of people, the only option to charge a car is either at a motorway service station or at a local petrol station or a, lo a local charging point. But then again, something I find and, and have found when speaking to so many people is charging points are often out of order or they're busy or there's a queue. I think so many people are so put off by hearing these new real world stories because of course electrification or, or electric car purchasing has gone up tenfold, hasn't it, in the past couple of years. But the result of that, whilst it's very positive for the environmental aspect, it's it's certainly it, it, it's creating a bit of a dip in positive PR for the electric electric car world, whilst people are then going, well, it's all very well and good, but I can't charge the bloody thing up. So what do you, yeah, no. how do you see that unfolding and getting better? 
I, 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 and I completely agree, John. It's, um, it's a really difficult position that we're at at the moment, which is why I think you need to be equipped with all the right information mm. before you do make the switch. Um, one of the things that I think uh, is really misleading is that we have this sort of official, the WLTP, the, the, the official range, electric range, that a car will be able to drive. So you buy it off the shelf and you think, oh, the official range is... 200 miles, brilliant. Well, my average commute is 150 mm. miles, you know, return. So I should be fine. You've got to take into consideration that that is driving in sort of virtually like laboratory environments. Mm. Um, you know, again, go back to the sort of the, the basic phone analogy. Yeah, I charge my phone overnight and it says I've got three days of battery. Well, I spend half the day on my phone, online, on calls, and, you know, eight hours later it needs recharging mm. again. It's exactly the same with your car. You know, if you're going to be driving at 70 miles an hour on a motorway, if it's cold outside, if you've got four people in the car, you know, there are lots of different um, factors that you need to consider. There is no way it will ever do 200 miles. You're talking you'll maybe be lucky to get 140 miles out of it so all of a sudden when people are buying they need to understand what the real range of that car is going to be and I think you know particularly in the colder months because batteries don't like cold temperatures um that you know I think realistically if you're driving on motorways uh you could quite happily knock off a third of the range I think that's Mm. you know playing it really safe Mm. um you could get more out of it but I think if you're looking at your driving style um, and how far you need on a daily basis that's quite a good way of looking at it and then um yeah I agree again the infrastructure is not great when you're reliant on public charging that you've never been to before So once again, I would say you need to really, if you're doing a journey that you've never done before, you must really thoroughly plan your journey. And there are some brilliant apps out there that like ZapMap, for example, that actually you can check if that charging point has been used, you know, in the last 24 hours. You can look at the activity. You can look at comments that other um, people have left, you know, maybe saying, oh, it's out of order. Oh, it's missing this. Oh, there's a problem here. Um, Don't just think, oh, I'm just going to go and drive and there'll be a charging point along the way and I'm sure it will work because you're just setting yourself up for a fall. Yeah. The, the, the charging infrastructure is, is slowly getting better, but you know, just try and rely as much as you can on your home charging or maybe if you can charge at work. I mean, it doesn't cost... Where you, where you live, Don, I mean, it sounds like, you know, if you've got 25 people there, all clubbed together, get a home wall box. Mm. It's 400 quid. You know, over the course of the year, you're going to save that in, you know... Uh, in months on fuel so actually it's worth investing getting a home wall box for 400 pounds um, and then yeah and just integrating in your way of life where those reliable charges are you know I know exactly where I can charge you know I can go to the gym <laughs> I used to be able to go to the gym uh, <laughs> I mean what am I talking about I never went to the gym I went for coffee um, but <laughs> um, so you know you go and uh, um, yeah Pretend to go to the gym and charge your car. Uh, I go to town, to to Westminster. I know there's a great charging infrastructure in London. Um, But if I go to someone's house, maybe down in the countryside, I need to make sure that the service stations I'm using, there's a few reliable reviews on on ZapMap to make sure that I check before I make the journey and rely on it. Um, But you can usually find a charger and the charging 
electric vehicle community are very supportive and helpful <laughs> if you do find yourself a little bit unstuck. But that's great. I mean, it's that's, that's great right now. But if every single person now decided to listen to this and go, oh, well, OK, that sounds fine. And we all go and buy an electric car. Isn't that then going to just make that infrastructure even more difficult to use? Because suddenly, unless until there's a charging point on the corner of every single road on every single street in the country, surely it's only going to get more and more difficult to charge the cars up. True, but there are more and more charges coming. So I think we've now, the, the number of charges, I think we've had, oh, God, I should have checked my stats before this, didn't I? <laughs> I think we've had about 3,000 new charges come onto the roads in the last year. Um, and, and instantly that's going to make a huge difference. And there's a huge amount of investment going mm. on, um, particularly in cities at the moment. You know, there's companies who are actually putting um, electricity sort of sockets into your lamps outside, just on the road. Oh, right. So now all along my road, um, sort of not not, not every single um, street lamp, but maybe one in three mm. has now got a charge point there. So you just need to, again, oh, cool. be aware, have a look out for the sign. Is there a charge point? Funnily enough, when they first did it, there was no signage. I just spotted it <laughs> and realised that I could start using it. They've now got a bit better and actually put signage up. Um, so, yeah, charging infrastructure is coming. Also, at the, um, at the service stations, they are improving mm. because there have been a, a lot of complaints about how unreliable they've been to date. And now that we are all reliant on them, uh, the pressure is obviously on to deliver a, a good service. Yeah. Nikki, do you think, because I, I mean, I, as John has alluded to, I had an absolute horror experience you know where a journey that should have taken three hours took seven for various different charging uh. issues and cues and breaks and broken things and la -di -da -di -da. it was it was hellish and it and that happened more than once to me I, i've had several really really bad experiences with long long journeys in an ev which is a disaster because i was all up for converting so for me at the moment yeah. i'm all about look if i'm if i'm doing town sort of stuff i, I totally get an ev as a town car I love the little Honda yeah. E. I think the i3 is really cute and all that sort of stuff, especially if I was still living in London. I totally do that. I just I wouldn't do a long journey in an EV right now because of the amount of pre preparation and planning and, and thought that needs to go into it. It's just too much for me right now. Do you think we are a million miles away from an EV that actually has something like 450, 500 mile range? Oh, definitely not. I mean, if you think, you know, maybe five years ago, the average EV range was about 100 miles. It was rubbish. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you weren't going to go anywhere. Whereas that capacity is, on average, I'd say, has doubled in the last five years. Given that we've still got nine years until we have to really make this switch, 100%. Um, you know, if you look at Tesla, they are leaps and bounds ahead of most of the manufacturers when it comes to electric. And their cars can do 350 miles, no problem. Mm. So right. it's just about the price how much are you willing to spend? So, yeah, that's the, that's the rub, and at the moment, it? that's expensive, but the prices of electric cars are coming down. There is still a government in, uh, sort of tax incentive there as well. Um, and of course, there are tax savings when uh, you look at the fuel and, and how much you're going to save on that. So I think uh, given the fact that in another five years time, we could easily see cars with four or 500 miles, not a problem. I think probably in 10 years time, they'll be relatively good value. Mm. <laughs> you're still going to have to pay for them, um, you know, in five years. But it, it comes back to the same in, in Formula E, in fact, that it was a brilliant demonstration there. They doubled the battery capacity in three years. They went from the Gen 1 car yeah. where they could only do a, a single race. Sorry, they had two, two cars to do a single race. Um, and now we have one car that does a single race because, of course, the battery capacity has doubled. 
So I think um, it's a really exciting time for the bash- for battery technology. And uh, yeah, don't worry. Your woes will be answered soon, Andy. <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> I do feel your pain. Uh, it has happened to me on the odd occasion. And it's just a nightmare, particularly yeah. when you just want to get home. Mm. Exactly that. I must say, though, I quite miss the driver changeover in Formula E. I know it's much better for, <laughs> you know, the, have a better battery capacity and whatnot, but I quite enjoyed the jeopardy of them hopping out of the car, strapping totally. themselves in, you know, hanging on for 20 like, seconds and then off again. And the double dip of the, because you saw the battery levels on both the cars in those days, you know, which was quite fun, you know, because that was the, that's the other jeopardy to Formula E, in my opinion. It's not just the racing, it's also the race against the battery. Which is, you know, yeah, it's its own little mini mini adventure. I am still surprised that every time we had that driver change, I was like, someone's going to fall over, someone's going <laughs> to trip, someone's going to like catapult themselves across the garage. They never did. They no, never but you, you always thought practicing. they might, which is like, woo. <laughs> yeah. I was ready to like, you know, run into a garage. It's all, it's <laughs> all no, part of the fun, isn't they it? They were too professional. <laughs> but let's, I mean, let's talk about Formula E though, Nikki, because you've been involved since day one, which is, which is brilliant. There's no one more informed and, and, and more influenced about this because you, you, you've just been, I think, you, you know, yourself, Jack Nichols, Dario Franchitti and Alejandro Agag are probably the only people that have been there from day one, you know, which is, which is really lovely that lots of other people, teams have come and gone, drivers have switched in and out and, and so on and so forth, but you've been the mainstay for it. And it's, Obviously, COVID, etc. It's a very weird time for everyone right now. You managed to get a bit of a calendar out last season. wasn't quite what anyone was hoping or expecting. What's it looking like for this year? Because I keep hearing, oh, this is going to be happening. And then the season opener has moved and it's changed. And what's the latest as far as you understand it? Well, we are officially, so basically you're right, uh, in mid-January we were supposed to have the first opening race of season seven. Season seven, still can't believe that. Um, Season seven, and that was supposed to be in Santiago. But yeah, that has been postponed. So our first race will actually be at the end of this month in Saudi Arabia. Um, That is all going ahead. Um, It's going to be a double header, so two races, night races, we fly out early, so we have to quarantine in the hotel and obviously show various sort of negative tests throughout, you know, before we travel, when we get there, and then while we're staying um, there, and then again before we get back to the UK. Um, and yeah, so it's full steam ahead. So they've announced um, a number of different races. We're going to be racing in Rome, in Monaco, in Mexico City um, over the next couple of months. Um, so fingers crossed. Wow, we can get season seven on season seven underway. Yeah, do you think? Do you think it'll happen? I do. I think the fact that we're now in a position that you know, obviously, we're Formula E is very much liaising with the Saudi government on the right restrictions, what we are, what we aren't allowed to do. Um, It's uh, it's obviously a very difficult time. Whether it will go ahead, but at the moment, it is looking very very positive. I think, I mean, it would, be, it would be lovely to see it start again. I just, there's, I mean, you can't fly in and out of Dubai at the moment, right? That's, there's a no-fly zone from there. So, and I know Saudi and Dubai yeah. are different places, but they're very, very close, mm. you know, and, and you could you could drive between them. So, you know, it's not sort of, it's not kind of 
nailed on, is it? I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to cast doubt on it. I just, I, I'm very hopeful no, course, that things will start again with everything. But I just, there's, there's a big cynic in me that's like, no, no, we're all staying where we are for a long time yet. You yeah, know? I, th- I think, um, I think we're all very hopeful. Um, I think, you know, we have to plan for it to be going ahead. Um, but then on the other side, everyone has been incredible at reacting to the situation. You know, and if things change, well, things will have to change. Um, and we saw that, you know, in the likes of when we had um, we had to have six races in 12 days, I think it was, in Berlin at the end of the season to try and make sure we finished the season with enough races done in the calendar. And that wasn't ideal. It wasn't what we wanted, but it still worked really well. We still had yeah. six awesome races. We had a, a fantastic championship fight at the end. We had we crowned Antonio Felix da Costa as the championship winner and it was a brilliant end it definitely wasn't what was planned but it still worked really well I mean I I'm just gonna say again I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed for Saudi um as far as I know as far as I'm told we are still going um but yeah we don't know in these very uncertain times things could change but uh, we're just hoping that they won't <laughs> It has been nice to see the evolution of, of FE, though. I mean, obviously, I was involved in a little bit with ITV and so on in the early days, and that was great, and I loved it, and I've always had a soft spot for the championship. But if you'd told me by season seven, you know, virtually all the major manufacturers were going to be on the grid, which is so cool. I mean, you've got some very, very cool brands on the grid now, haven't you? You've got some awesome driving talent. I mean, you know, that's one of the things that's always stood out for me. I've never particularly been sold on the tracks, but I've always thought the calibre of the guys behind, you know, at, at the wheel has been really, really second to none. Yeah, it's great. I mean, actually, I, funnily enough, I did a little Instagram live on um, on my Shields live that I've had to start in lockdown. <laughs> So we have to do now, us presenters, get on your own Instagram channel, um, which I did last night with Stoffel Van Dorn, um, who was former Formula One driver at McLaren yeah. um, and is now Mercedes Formula E driver. And, you know, speaking to him, it's just amazing, even the journey that he's been on over the last few years, because when Mercedes first started in Formula E, they entered as HWA as a kind of works team. And last year was their first full season with Formula E and you know for Mercedes to finish third in their first official season in Formula E was such an achievement Mm -hmm. and they've got a new powertrain this year and they're just pouring a huge amount of effort into it then you've got the road cars you've got they've just launched their um well they've got the EQC um out at the moment and they've just launched a new one the EQA which I think will come out beginning of next year um so again it's amazing the amount of investment that they're putting into it but obviously they're going to have to because in the uk in nine years time the only road cars they're going to be able to sell will be electric Mm. um so it's obviously hugely important and actually the discussion i'm having a discussion tomorrow with mark preston from he's the team principal at ds to cheetah and you know he's also blown away about the amount of technology that's transferred from the racetrack to the road track to, mm. the, to the road sorry we talk about it all the time in racing oh it's all about technology transfer i think sometimes we just say that and it doesn't actually get transferred at all whereas in formula e you can really see it you can really see how what they've learned in formula e has actually you know shifted things on the road so we're fingers crossed we're benefiting from yeah. it and fingers crossed it means you'll have a car that drives 500 miles <laughs> without That's needing it. a charge i have to say one of the things one of the things that really really excites me about the electrification of cars and the association with motorsport is of course we don't see it so much these days when it comes to 
um, petrol motorsports reflecting on car sales. But certainly if you think back to the golden era of touring cars, 1980s and 1990s, there was that famous motto that, that became so true. It was win on a Sunday, sell on a Monday. If Honda went out and raced their record <laughs> touring cars on a Sunday and won, that you would actually see Honda sales spike Monday and Tuesday because people would see those cars win a race and then go to the dealership and buy the road version. And that's kind of petered out a little bit now because, of course, touring car, whilst they still look the same, they don't feel like the same sort of product. But I really like the idea that people will be watching the Formula E teams, you know, be that, let's say Mercedes-Benz is a perfect example, see a Mercedes-Benz win a Formula E race and go, oh, well, maybe that's the car that I want. Because, of course, everybody wants the fast one, don't they? They want the one that's going to win the race, <laughs> in the, the race that will never happen. So... I, yes, oh, but John, is this a whole new mindset? Do you want the fast one or do you want the one with the longest I want range? the fast one. I don't care about long range. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but I think there's going to be, a, a, you know, that those that love cars, uh, the next generation are going to be looking for different mm. things. You know, now it's about how big is your touchscreen? How many touchscreens have you got? What's the technology? What's the user interface like with your car? Yeah. Um, you know, particularly as we get more autonomy coming into cars, it's not about the sound of the engine noise anymore mm. because the battery doesn't really have a sound. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, I suppose sometimes they, um, you know, put a, a fake sound in, which... I hate it. It's yeah. the worst. Moving on. Um, <laughs> but, but, so, so I think people are going to fall in love with cars in a very different way um, to how they maybe have done in the past. Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Nikki, talk to me about um, or us. Sorry, John. Talk to us about <laughs> about about ex extreme. Well, no, because I know this isn't this isn't, and I'm saying this I'm saying this with love and kindness towards John. I I, I knows I, I think he stands out amongst men as being an absolute champ, but. I also know he's not particularly engaged in the next thing I'm about to ask you about. I mean that respectfully, <laughs> right, John. Okay. And that I is extreme. Go on. No, no, well, you are. And that is that is extreme E. It's not something that I think John oh, would yes. John would naturally go, oh, I want to gem up about extreme E and learn all about it because I'm really passionate about these mad sort of electric Dakar cars cruising across icebergs. Whereas, Nikki, you're all over it. Do you see what I mean? I meant that with kindness, John. I wasn't John, being nasty. Not be, how can you not be into it, John? I'd have to say I'm far more excited about extreme E than Formula E. That's putting all the cards on the table um yeah no it's i i think it's i think it's pretty um anything that's involves jumping over sand dunes and splashing through rivers and stuff that's that that to me that's getting me excited so i am excited to see where this goes i'm a big skeptic to it but um yeah the idea is exciting yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know, but if you, if you have seen the cars, do a quick Google mm. because the Extreme E car is mega. Um, is. Huge off road SUV uh, monster truck type thing. Um, and obviously, it is all electric. And uh, yeah, it's launching this year. I think they've now, hopefully, fingers crossed, got five races confirmed in sort of all four corners of the world um, in the most extreme locations. Um, and I was there for the launch event, um, sort of hosted the launch event and uh, spoke to the various teams. And they've got an incredible lineup. I mean, obviously, Lewis Hamilton has a team with X44. Mm. Nico Rosberg has a team. Uh, Jensen Button has just recently been announced as having a team. And he's actually also... He's going to drive as well, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very cool. Mm. Um, you've got, you know, rally drivers like Carlos Sainz is going to be involved. He's driving. Um, so it's, a, it's an amazing um, mix of... 
Carlos Sainz versus Jensen Button. That should get any yeah. any racing purists kind of drooling, and and, and throw in like the likes of James Chuck Chadwick Sebastian into the mix. Logan as well. <laughs> exactly. Chadwick. Yeah, yeah, some some cracking drivers. But I mean, my my sort of, and I, and I mean this with kindness. I don't. I'm not trying to knock it on any level. But I just the whole idea of raising awareness and showing what's happening to the planet and look, this is melting and that's in trouble and this that. I, I'm all for that. But is it really the best way to go about it by taking a whole production and a load of drivers and putting cars on these places, you know, and, and crew, et cetera, et cetera. Is that, is that not just kind of damaging the area? Do you know what I mean? I, I just, there's a little bit of me that no, wonders I mean, if it's actually that good. The, um, I think they have done a huge amount of research because obviously that is the biggest uh, area that people are a little bit confused about into mm. making sure that they don't go and damage an area that is obviously, um, needs to be looked after so they're only racing on in areas that um are suitable um i <clears throat> couldn't tell you the details of exactly what the locations are but i do know that a lot of the carbon footprint will be removed because they are all living well the core crew are going to be living on the saint helena which is this huge ship um, that has gonna, is going to house all of the cars. Um, mm. I think it can sleep up to 130 people and people will travel from race to race via the ship. Um, so that immediately reduces your carbon footprint significantly. But a lot of the ships like... Will, the, the aren't the ships worst. really, really, really <laughs> yeah. bad for the environment in terms of fossil fuel? Well, they are talking about turning it into making it electric at some point. <laughs> Although I, I think that the, the, the maths work out that it's that if you think about 130 people coming from all over, yeah. you know, again, four corners of the world all coming separately. Um, and uh, the um, they have a lot of partners as well on board. I think all the cars are going to be run on hydrogen. Is that right? Or, or you know, mm. sorry, I think they're going to be using hydrogen fuel cells to charge the batteries. Obviously, Perfect. they're electric yeah. cars. Yeah. Um, and so I look at the end of the day with something like this, it's always going to cause a, a bit of controversy. However, you still have to do things to get attention. Yeah. And I do believe that they have hired a string of scientists to make sure that what they are doing is the right thing and in the best interests of the environments that they're going to. They're also setting up a lot of legacy projects in each location. So whether that's they're going into an area and, uh, you know, helping with um, the reforestation of a particular forest or a particular area. Um, so I know that that's quite important to them. But uh, yeah, we will see. I mean, I, I, I'm I really excited to see what they do. Um, it was great to sort of be part of the launch and, and just see the calendar. Are you not hosting it? I thought you were going to host it. I am not hosting it, no. Oh. <laughs> Why not? No, you should be hosting it. Well, oh, I'd love to. Well, I think uh, it's a little bit too close to Formula E. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So no, you'll Fair have to enough. watch Formula E if you want to see me hosting an electric racing championship. There you go. Oh, I thought you were going to do No, if I was hosting it, I might know a bit more about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of why I was asking, because I just assumed, I thought you were going to be living on the boat with them for whatever it is, three oh, months or something. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? <laughs> Take Arthur yeah. along with me. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, how are you, would you be allowed childcare, et cetera? You know, all that kind of thing. Yeah, we'd drive, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it. It would drive me absolutely crazy. I'd be hmm. just be desperately missing the family and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But no, I thought 
thought you were doing it. Sorry, Nick. I'm completely misinformed no. there. No, oh. no, don't you worry. Well, I did do the launch um, and I have been involved in various things and I am doing various things with them. So I can see how you might think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I put two and two together and got 18, but it was, you know, it was almost <laughs> there if you divided it by the right number. Um, can I ask you about Lewis Hamilton? Because I think he is amazing. I mean, I think the guy is sensational. I think his record is, you know, showing it to be I'm not wrong. You don't win that many world titles without being utterly brilliant. For some reason, there's a section of the community that don't seem to be particularly enamoured with him and they, oh, it's just the car and all this sort of nonsense. You know him. You've met him. You've worked with him. You've given him numerous awards. Sum him up for me. What's he like? Incredible. Absolutely Mm. amazing. I have a huge, huge amount of respect for him. I can't fault him. And and that would be the best way to describe it. So I, honestly, I I agree with you, Andy. I don't understand <laughs> why there is such a, uh, a hopefully a small community out there, but uh, they do have a bit of a hatred for Lewis Hamilton. I don't understand why uh, why they want to take away from him his unbelievable record of seven world championships. Um, as a as an individual, he is clearly very determined, unbelievably committed, very talented, one of the best racers out there. Yes, of course, he has a good car, but he got himself in that mm-hmm. position. That's yeah. what makes him a good racing driver. You know, that's how the sport works. <laughs> yes, of course, you need to have a fast car to win a race. But how did he get there in the first place? You know, look at the, his past experiences, his past success. Um, and he's held on to that position. You know, you've got to give him credit for that. A lot of people wouldn't have held on to that position. Mm. He's also getting on a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's the same age as me. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a huge amount of respect for him. He's also passionately, I think, try, trying to move... Um, around diversity in motorsport and he is actually making a difference he's yeah. not just saying that he wants to do it um which again a lot of people in the media say oh yeah i'd love to do this yeah i'm, I'm gonna make a difference and change the world and then they don't actually actively do anything whereas he really really is um so i think um yeah i can't fault him and i find it very strange how this um, but, but you know what people love to hate yeah. people that are successful yeah, in this that's world thing. it's a bit strange and you just kind of think it's like when you get weird comments on youtube you just think oh well move mm. on <laughs> I think I think it's the thing, isn't it? Ultimately, you know, winners will always have doubters who are losers, you know, and that's mm. naff off, yeah. you know. Guys, I think I think he's incredible. I've never met him personally. What's he like? Is he good company? I mean, we've never been out, you know, partying together. So I oh, <laughs> come on, Nikki, you've partied with everyone, surely, surely. We Lewis may have had a glass of champagne after he's, you know, been presented with his award. <laughs> Um, but I don't think that really counts. <laughs> no, he is always incredibly professional, really polite, charming, literally, you know, like all the things you would want a racing driver, a professional sports per- person, a friend, a mate, a colleague yeah. to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Always says oh, I'm the disappointed right you. I'm disappointed Never, you haven't got a party. I mean, could, I'm going to go yeah. on and on. People are going to think, <laughs> you know, all right, shut up, Nikki. But like, you know, he. When have you ever? In every interview, he's so eloquent. Mm, you yeah. know, he again. You know, so I always interview him for the FIA prize giving, which is when he's given his world championship trophy, and officially is made champion. Um, you know, whenever we, whenever I interview him. Um, it's always very eloquent. He knows exactly what he wants to say. He gets a brilliant message across. 
Um, so yeah, I think he's great. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I'm so disappointed you haven't got a partying uh, story with him though, Nikki, because that's one of my favourite things. Whenever I've interviewed a driver, if I mention you, almost every driver I've spoken to is like, oh yeah, we went out to this, or well, well this party, oh, you should have seen her on the tables at that. And it was, yeah, yeah, that's the Nikki I know. Yeah. <laughs> You wanted me to dish but, the dirt? No. You see? He's just it's just clean. It's just exactly how clean. you imagined him yeah. to be. No, I'm sure, that, I'm sure there are some stories to tell. Although one thing that I always think is quite funny, we weirdly always turn up to the prize giving in matching outfits. True oh. stories. Wow. Yeah, like, Twinning like with like Hamilton. Very matching. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> Maybe he stalks you on Instagram and waits to see, like, watches your story and says, like, right, okay, she's going with black and gold. I'm on. Yeah, do, 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 do. I mean, I'd you know. love to think that, Andy, but I just have this sneaking suspicion. He couldn't care less what I'm wearing. <laughs> Maybe not. I'd love it if he did, though. You know, if you were his style guide, that would be glorious. You know? Everyone's got to no, have someone. I've never worn a bright pink uh, velour suit in my life. That's I'll leave that to Lewis. It's <laughs> always time, Nikki. There's always time. Yeah. You know, we've got a, a lot of time love, ahead. Yeah, the love that he's on, you know, in the in the in, in fashion as well. You know, he's managed to bring motorsport and fashion together. Motorsport traditionally a pretty, sorry guys, but it's a pretty unfashionable paddock normally. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I love it. Um, Nikki, talk to us about, because I love that you're so involved with GQ as well. You've done, you've, you've written articles yes. for them. You host their motoring awards every year. And what I, I'm not sure how many of our listeners realise, but actually GQ are, are big petrol heads themselves. You know, there's always, like every time I thumb through GQ, there's always a lot of cars in there, which I think is terrific. Uh, I'm guessing the awards are quite soon, aren't they? I think I've seen it on your stories. Recently. They were yesterday, actually. <laughs> okay. But um, they unfortunately, <laughs> one of the things to change, uh, obviously, we were hoping to do even just a small awards face to face um, with a small group, but clearly, given the situation, we have not. Um, so instead, we did a little online awards. Um, it's on Instagram. Um, and also on the website, on GQ's website, and it went into the magazine as well. So we've done a, a smaller, slightly scaled back virtual awards this year. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can catch that on my Instagram or on GQ's Instagram to see who the what winners were the, are. Um, what were the standout vehicles? What's, what's one car of the year, for example? What, what, what's been voted by the GQ crew? So at this point, Andy, I should be able to tell you the answer. The big, you know, the big one. Yeah. Well, Andy, if you want to find out, I think the easiest thing to do is go and find yeah. the videos of, uh, of the awards ceremony. There's a reason to watch there. <laughs> no spoilers Nikki no spoilers please don't tell us I don't want to know I actually don't want to know I love it you've, you've forgotten it was last night and you've forgotten the big award yes well it's because we filmed them ages ago yeah no fair enough no that's fair enough We'd, uh, so yeah Anyway, uh... Leonardo DiCaprio. I just basically don't want to get it wrong. So I'm just going to say go and watch the awards. And also, it will make people go to my Instagram, Mickey Shields. Watch the awards on there. There you go. A very worthy winner. Like me, follow me. (laughs) 
Wag. It was yeah. a really good car that was very well deserved. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you. No, um, so, I, no I, I can tell you a few. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to now. <laughs> you're good. No, you're good. You're all good. You're all good. Uh, it feels too much like a quiz now. Um, and we've hogged so much uh, of your time, Nikki. I didn't think we'd be chatting this long. I love it. Um, so just quickly, obviously, yeah. there's the there's the big hope that the FE is going to roll again. And as you say, potentially even end of Feb, um, you'll be in Saudi and, and, and stuff. And, and I actually, I get the sense that if Saudi happens, the rest of the calendar probably will, to be honest. So let's see. Fingers crossed. But what else is on your wheelhouse for 2021? Is it? Is it too soon to know? Because I know by now, usually you'd be basically busy, you know, 360 days of the year and then a couple of couple of downtime days to get over hangovers yeah. and things. But basically, you're a very, <laughs> very busy lady. Yeah, it's really difficult to know. I mean, I'm hoping so. I have a show on CNN called Saved by the Future, which is a... Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's predominantly a technology show, but we sort of shine the light on interesting people and interesting technologies that will change our future. Um, so I'm praying that we can get back to filming that at some point, but that has slightly been put on hold recently. Um, and then, yeah, it's just going to be the usual to see what events are going ahead, what's not. Obviously, mm. I can still film with electrifying, which is brilliant. So lots more reviews coming out there. Um, and then, yeah, Formula E. It's uh, hopefully going to keep me busy over the summer. Mm. I hope. Hope so. Otherwise, I might have to come back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome anytime, Nikki. Literally anytime you like. Now, you did set up a spoiler for the for the three listeners that have stayed with us and haven't uh, abandoned us with all our EV chats, which was you were going to reveal your favourite car. Oh, yes. I was. That's a good point. God, it better be petrol powered. Well, so I was actually going to go back to the old. Um, nostalgic feeling um of why i've stuck with the bmw for so long and one of my all-time favorites was an original mark one golf gti mm. and that is because again my dad had one when i was growing up and i just love that look and that shape and i also love the fact that andy you mentioned the honda e which yeah. weirdly looks quite similar in shape to mm. that and it also reminds me of, so Andy at the moment, where he's sitting, where we're talking, has an incredible panda painting behind him, <laughs> which also reminds me of the Honda E. Hey, <laughs> so I, I don't can know see that, actually. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I like the Honda E. I really enjoyed the Honda E. I got, I got a little drive in it and we did a little video on it. I really enjoyed it. It's a cute little, again, it's a town car. Mm. I'd never want to do 50, 60, 70 miles in it. But, you no. know, across across a 10 mile distance, 20 miles, it's lovely. It's a cute little thing, isn't it? It's cute. It smiles at you, doesn't it? <laughs> the panicking yeah. little smile face. Yeah. Um, so they yeah, I, I guess I guess that's the thing. I guess that I like dinky EVs. I think that's where I'm mm. at. You know, if you're not going long distances, dinky EVs I think are great. Little cute small ones with cute little faces and clever packaging and nice little screens and stuff. Brilliant. But get it on the motorway. I'm I'm less convinced because I'm just scared of the infrastructure. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. Well, let's see what. It's because you drive too fast, Andy. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. It is. Yes. That is it will problem. be interesting to. It'll be interesting to address the fears that you've got, maybe even in five years' time, and see in reflection, you know, if all of that concern about EVs and the infrastructure not being good enough and everything else is is by the wayside and range and that sort of stuff. Because I think, as you said well, earlier, it has to Nikki, be, John. It, it has to be. Yeah. Well, indeed. And as you said, Nikki, earlier, you know, battery technology is changing so rapidly. Um, the just technology on the whole, you know, we're on this this spike that's just flying upwards and upwards and upwards with regards to everything getting better and more efficient and more exciting. So yeah, I think come come another five years or so, way ahead of the 
the nine years we need in order to make this all work. I think we'll we'll be in a really, really exciting place. For me personally, I cannot wait to see this new Tesla Roadster, the sports car one. I might have got the name wrong. But oh, yeah. that, I cannot wait to see what that thing is. And Cybertruck. I need a Cybertruck. I, I need <laughs> one. But, you know, Don, you're mentioning Tesla that Speed is the thing that you said you need in yep. a car. Not to 60 in under two seconds soon from exactly. Tesla. I mean, that's faster than Formula One exactly. car. That's what I need. That's and to be fair, John, you... You have just named two very cool EVs. I mean, the Roadster's yeah. going to be amazing. Wasn't it? Wasn't the original one built by Lotus? I think there was some sort of collaboration with regards to the chassis yeah. for yeah. The one that they sent, the one they sent up in space. Yeah, yeah. That's got David oh, yeah. Bowie blasting out. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the Cybertruck. I I was so close to putting a deposit down on that just because it looked incredible. <laughs> yeah. And with the broken window <laughs> reveal and everything else, just so fun. I have a friend that did put a deposit down. And uh, he's not convinced that he's on the waiting list. Oh, I'm right. Like, oh. oh. Okay. Yeah. I heard a few people. A bit I, awkward. I, a few friends of mine did it for a laugh. Because um, I think it was like a couple of hundred quid, wasn't it? You could just put a hundred quid down and go, oh. I think it was okay. five, I think it was 500 pounds. Right. You had to put five. I think it was like 500 or five grand. It, was, it wasn't small. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, 50 quid. Yeah, go on. We'll, we'll yeah, have a punt. Yeah. You know, you, you had to. You had to commit something. It was either, yeah, I think it had a five in it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, it's the guy I know. He, he he put it and he was all boasty about it. And the last time I saw him, I was like, I don't know. I, I, the money's gone, but I got no confirmation that I'm going to get one. I'm like, <laughs> this sounds like awkward. a very good business model. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to drive up share prices, which is very on trend at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the other just... thing. It's like, oh, sorry. He probably just needs to check his spam filter. That's all. <laughs> But Somewhere I in his junk. The there are also um, there's like new manufacturers yeah. like appearing. Yeah. Polestar, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. Now they are yeah. to look out yeah. for. Love Absolutely. Polestar. Polestar yeah. Two is awesome. Mm. Yeah. I would highly recommend you try that one. And the Rivian. Now that does have 700 miles, oh. but it's but it's basically a monster truck that would be too big for British roads, right? That's the that's oh, the sadness. So cool. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. amazing. <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah. Yes. If you live on a farm, you need a Rivian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, we've gone back to EVs. All these people that tuned out and then <laughs> tuned back in and waited to hear Nikki's favourite car. And now they're back to EVs. Oh, God, even her favourite car, she brought it back to a Honda E. Ah, you know, I love it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just in my blood now. Can't help it. Can't help it. <laughs> oh, Nikki's oh, been but, such well, a joy. My favourite drive has got to be McLaren Senna. I'll say that one. McLaren yes. Senna hey, in that was epic. Yeah, that's 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 brownie points right there. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, with Bruno um, Senna Nikki, in the passenger seat, not bad. Oh well, I mean that's that literally can't be topped, can it? You know, <laughs> Senna in a Senna. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> um, Nikki, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to get into racing at, at one point. By the way, because you do, you always oh, jump behind still, the wheel. I, I, there is still very much a plan, um, but. You know, world's on pause, isn't it? Life needs to resume yeah. to normal. <laughs> unless you oh. see, unless that follows through with, and you know, I'm in BTCC next year. Then, then what? You know, <laughs> if if there's a, I want to see this plan being proper. I'd love the idea that you've had secret coaching and have got your license. Oh. you know, like off the radar. Honestly, it was all pretty much set up, ready to start some form of training <laughs> oh. before, yeah, before March. But as in last year, March. <sighs> Would yeah, you have been but, racing you know, like? Worry, just you just have to be patient. Just be patient. <laughs> Are we talking proper proper racing, Nikki? Would you would you be on the Formula E grid, for example? 
Oh, God, no. No. Oh. I, I mean, I drove the robo race car in the Formula E grid. And I mean, to be fair, I did <laughs> beat the robo race car. Yes. But if you compare my time to a Formula E driver, it was it was bad. Um, the tr- <laughs> the, I would say that the tricky part was the street circuits. Quite a hard place to okay. practice. Because if you get it wrong, you just smash into a wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I found that I couldn't really, you know... I, I guess push the limits because I didn't want to smash into the wall. <laughs> funny, Whereas, funny you know, that training at somewhere like a Browns Hatch much easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I, we will watch this space, Leonard. We will check back when you're, you know, on the starting lineup in your in your overalls, ready to go. I can't wait. You have can't to wait come to down. see what you do. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll, I'll have the I'll have the Go Nikki placard, and you know, yes. but I'll probably have to arrive in a in a petrol car. I'm but yeah. Amazing. I will, Amazing. I, will, I will be oh it will be in a petrol car. Oh. oh, okay. So this you have properly gone into this then. <laughs> the newspaper headlines are writing oh. themselves. Traitor to EV <laughs> racing. But now I've just thought, oh no, is it supposed to be an EV? Oh Andy. Oh, well again, what we'll say is watch this <laughs> space. <Other thoughts. laughs> Hang on a minute, I need to send a few emails. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. It's gonna be in a cyber truck. Anyway, amazing. Um <laughs> Nikki, thank you very much indeed. You've been lovely company. It's always a joy catching up. And uh, oh, yeah, John, sorry, you. sorry, I misjudged you on the extreme e thing. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. Um, no, it's. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, let's make a mess with electric cars, and then put it all back together again. <laughs> well, if that isn't the conclusion that we were all hoping for, then I don't know whatever <laughs> will be. Um, <laughs> Nikki, take it easy. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers. Take care. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.